Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Darius Velasquez. I am your host of The Melancholy Condition. This is a little personal message from me. I wanted to say thank you to every single one of my listeners. If you are listening to this while you're driving to work, while you're driving to school, if you're at home or if you're sharing it with your partner or your best friend, it means the world to me that you deem my voice and the guests that I bring on to this podcast as valuable as you're deeming them. It really does. I see the views going up and in slightly increasing every single episode that I put out, and it pushes me to keep putting out this podcast. I never know what the information that's held on this podcast, how it benefits people, but you know, as long as you guys are listening and as long as you guys are benefiting from it, that's all that it matters to me. So I wanted to give you a huge shout out and say thank you for supporting this podcast by listening. You can always follow the podcast for any news and updates on Instagram at the Melancholy Condition podcast or on Facebook. There's a Facebook page that is just the Melancholy Condition. If you want to continue to support this podcast even more, here's some things that I have in mind. Eventually, I want to start doing giveaways. I want to start giving away merch, Melancholy Condition shirts, hats, and things of that sort, as well as cash giveaways. If you want $25 cash app, all you have to do is follow me on social media. And here soon, I'm going to be giving out some money just because I feel thankful for everybody that stays on. And if you want to help me continue to do that, if you go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition, there's a button halfway down the page that says support this podcast. This gives you the option to support it with a dollar a month. $5 a month, $10 a month, it's completely up to you. And like I said, what this does is it enables me to give back to the supporters. And that could be you one day. So if this is something that you want to do, just go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition. Click support this podcast and we can get this ball rolling. Once again, thank you guys so much for being here and making it all this way. Here's an ad. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, it's, it's about the same, but that's fine. We can make do. Okay. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Tell me exactly what it is you're bringing to the table. Sure. So I run an educational coaching company. Well, actually, I'll give you more of my just basic story. So I coach, I'm, I'm a coach, motivational speaker, and published author. And I focus on education, specifically working with high school and college students to prepare for the real world, to prepare for the next steps in life. And um, a lot of that was motivated by myself graduating, not really understanding what this part of life is like, and then working with a lot of adults who, you know, kind of, um, you know, don't like their jobs or are really unhappy with their 
current life situation. And I did a lot of research through surveys, interviews, and more recently I did a research study that I can talk about um, where we researched, I teamed up with a university in New York and we interviewed about 400 employers and talked about the skills that grads are missing. But really I've just done a lot of research and basically talking about how today's students are not prepared for the real world, they're not prepared for life after college, and they don't understand the importance of finding something that you find meaningful, something you find impactful, something that you enjoy on some level. Um, so, you know, I started my company, which is called To The Next Step LLC, and that inc incorporates my coaching, my speaking, and um, my book as well. So, um, is that enough kind of for you to, to get yeah, going? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can get started. So I'll go ahead and give it a five count. And then um, as soon as I say we're live, we'll be rolling. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. So we'll go five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Melancholy Condition. I am sitting here with Kyle. Now, do me a favor, Kyle, and go ahead and pronounce your last name for me. Sure. So it's pronounced Grapone. Grapone. Okay. Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. So as you said, my name is Kyle Grapone. I'm the founder of To The Next Step LLC, an educational coaching company that prepares high school and college students for the next steps in life, including college and the real world and entering the workforce. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man. I think that's really important just because even myself, you know, getting out of high school or even the I did one semester of college and I've been wanting to go back to college just because my my fields, um, or I guess you could say my aim for what I want to do, things have changed since then. You know what I mean? And my biggest fear uh, going into college whenever I was going was that I was going to change what I wanted to do. And sure enough, that did happen. Um, and I didn't want to be one of those kids that changed their major six, seven times. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So how long have you been doing what you've been doing? So I've been doing this for about three years now. Uh, I graduated college about 10 years ago, and I spent about the first, you know, six or seven years in corporate America working different jobs and kind of came to the realization that a lot of the people I worked with uh, were really unhappy with what they were doing. So um, I started this company about three years ago, and I started as a motivational speaker because you know, I started to talk to a lot of people and it, it became apparent to me that the reason so many people were so unhappy with their job and their day to day and kind of how things had, had shaken out for them is because they really weren't prepared. They didn't prepare themselves for what life was going to be like after school. Uh, I was pretty alarmed, you know, after I did a number of surveys of, of college graduates, I was pretty alarmed when I would hear a lot of people say things like they kind of slept through school or they did just enough to get by and they said they'll figure it out later. And when later came, there was no time to figure it out. Yeah. So what's one of the biggest struggles that you find with uh, the people that you're mentoring um, that they face, you know, whether it be after college or um, is it only kids after college or is it people after high school as well? Well, the, my clients are high school and college students. So okay. I try to coach students before they graduate. Um, that being said, I do a lot of research with graduates, and the biggest obstacle that graduates have is that they really don't understand um, what is going to be expected of them after graduation. So they tend to, from my research, they tend to go through high school and their parents do a lot of things for them. 
Um, they're told they have to go to college. They really don't understand why. A lot of them really don't put in the work to research, you know, is the college I'm going to worth the money? Is it earning my money? And they sign up for student loans. They don't really understand how those loans work. Um, and then they kind of go to school and they're, they're picking a job and they're kind of, you know, thinking they want this job. But again, they're not really doing a lot of research as to what is that job like? You know, what are the good things? What are the good things about it? What are the bad things about it? Really, what is the day to day like? Right. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that they graduate and they have a ton of student loan debt. Um, if they move out, they have a lot of things they have to do on their own. They don't really realize how many, you know, expenses you have when you have your own place. So they didn't really budget for that. Um, a lot of their money that they're getting is going towards loans. And I think they really struggle because on top of all that, they're in a job that maybe they don't necessarily like because they have such student loan debt that they have to get a job right after college. There really isn't mm -hmm. a lot of downtime. So, I mean, again, they, they, it's just a matter of not really knowing what's going to be expected of you. And I think it's a big culture shock for a lot of graduates because they spent four years, you know, maybe going to class four hours a day, maybe studying a couple hours a day, but there was a lot of free time. There was a lot of fun activities. And then all of a sudden, you know, you work full time and you don't have a lot of time for anything else. You know, when I speak to um, students, when I do my, my keynote speeches, I put a slide up on the screen and I talk about the hours in your week. And I talk about here's the number of hours you have left in your week. Um, here's, you know, how many, here's how many hours you start with in your week. Here's how many get taken up by your job. Here's how many get taken up by commuting and overtime and, you know, getting ready for work. And we really whittle it down to the fact that two thirds of your life is kind of impacted by your job one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing if you on some level enjoy what you do, but if you're one of these people that just is working for a paycheck and is just living for the weekend, that's a lot of time that you're kind of just, you know, wasting. Um, and I yeah. think that's a shame and I think it's very avoidable. So what, it, before I ask this next question, um, what are some of the mental struggles that you face dealing with, you know, what it sounds like is adolescents and, you know, graduates that really aren't sure, you know what I mean? Cause I'm sure that can be a heavy load to carry having to talk with all these kids and kind of opening them up to the real life and saying, Hey man, this is what it's going to be like. And you need to be prepared. You need to have your, you know, your T's crossed, your I's dotted. You need to make sure you have everything in place. And I'm, I'm sure it can be discouraging for a lot of kids because even myself, you know, I knew that it was going to be hard, but the struggles that I faced especially when I moved out, not even going to school. When I moved out of my house the first time, it was hard because I didn't have my mom there. You know what I mean? I didn't have my family there with me where they could come up and give me a lecture like, oh, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. I lived, I moved 16 hours away the first time I moved out. You know what I mean? So what are some of the struggles that um, you face having to deal with um, this kind of like being the guy that shows this harsh reality? So I think I try to position it not so much as a harsh reality, mm -hmm. something that is like, here's what happens and here's how you can make it a more pleasant reality, right? So a lot of times I kind of will open it up to, instead of me just lecturing them and saying, this is what this is going to be like, this is what that's going to be like, we will kind of talk about, um, what they're interested in, right? And mm -hmm. kind of go that way. Like I had a client once who 
clearly should not be at a desk. He clearly was destined for something different, something more creative. And he was, he was considering a career that would be basically chaining him to a desk. And when I asked why, he was like, well, you know, my dad's friend does it and he makes a lot of money. So I was like, okay. And then I kind of talked to him about how, you know, what's the point of having all this money if you have no time to actually spend it? Um, mm -hmm. And then talking about what is more important, you know, you listed, you know, it's important for you to help people. Would you rather help people or would you rather make a lot of money for yourself? Um, and kind of giving them kind of an example of, you know, if you go down this road, you know, you're going to be doing this every day. Is that something you want to do? Well, no, I really don't. Okay. So, you know, what, what jobs are the opposite of that? Um, but I think the biggest struggle is just, you know, helping these kids understand um, how to prepare for something that is sometimes six, seven years away. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, if you talk to us, I, mean, I have a client uh, that's a, a sophomore in high school. And sometimes it's, it's challenging for me to describe to him what his life is going to be like six years from now. Um, yeah. Try to show him that, you know, the, the lack of interest you're showing in taking college campus tours, you know, it's going to hurt you when you have to choose the right college. And if you choose the wrong college, here's what's going to happen. Then I eventually can kind of show them how that affects, you know, their later years. It's kind of a domino effect. So I think what's really important is to kind of find out where they are, you know, and latch on to one thing that they're either interested in or they're worried about or they're not worried about, they're having a problem with, and kind of take something very specific and relate it to the real world and say, hey, like, you want to get on top of this because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. And I know that yeah. this has happened to so-and-so that I interviewed. Um, so I think that's kind of you know, the struggle that I'll, I'll have. But I mean, like I said, I've done so many interviews and I've talked to so many graduates that, you know, I don't necessarily struggle on it because even in my intro call with any client before they sign on, like I let them know exactly how it is. Like I tell them like, the reason I do this is because a lot of graduates um, slept through high school and college. I was like, so if you want coaching, we're going to talk about how can you take your studies to the next level, your research to the next level. And like, they know right off the bat, they're going to be expected to do more than their peers. And I've looked, mm -hmm. you know, here's why you're going to do more. And if they're not interested or they don't agree with that, then they don't sign up. Yeah. And see, that's, that's really cool that, you know, you're able to do that for kids because especially for that young guy um, that you mentioned, I, that was basically me in my shoes, my all the way up to my junior year. I didn't have any interest in college. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I didn't really care either. I wanted to do acting and that was about it because when I was 14, I went to this uh, actor showcase for actors and models and I had signed some contracts and they said, once you're done with high school, uh, send in your headshots and give us a call. And I was like, all right, awesome. So because they didn't want to take me out of high school, they wanted me to at least get my diploma, which I did. But, I, you know, most of my high school career, I had it set on my mind that I was going to do acting, that I was going to do acting. And then once I got into acting, I realized, I was like, dang, man, this is, isn't really that rewarding. You know what I mean? Like all the auditions you had to do and how much training you had to do into, you know, with your acting manager and all the traveling and then not really getting anything uh, back. And then my financial situation while I was living in California wasn't the greatest. So it wasn't like I had money to just be going places all the time. And it was just, it was a steady sacrifice that after 
about six months of being in there, I just realized like this, it's not what I wanted to do as much as I would enjoy it. It's just, I don't think that's what's meant for me. You know what I mean? So over the past four years, it's been a struggle for myself to, you know, talk myself to go back into college and, you know, um, find something like a career because right now the type of experience that I have under my belt isn't necessarily something that can land me a good career. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's a very good point because you, you know, you, you pursued something you thought you'd be interested in. And unfortunately when it doesn't work out, what is the backup plan, right? Like what is, um, what else are you going to do? I think that if, you know, someone like yourself was being coached, you know, I would suggest, um, pursuing, you know, pursuing acting incongruent with a college degree or doing yeah. what my friend did, where if he doesn't make it as an actor, he's going to be a teacher and he's going to teach acting, um, you know, kind of giving yourself that backup. But, you know, you made another really good point, which is, you know, there's a saying about following your passion. And I don't necessarily always agree with that because, for example, like I'm very passionate about sports, but I would never want to work in sports because if I did, then I couldn't watch sports. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, there's a, you know, I, I follow the New York Mets and they asked uh, Jerry Seinfeld, his famous comedian, um, if he was going to buy the Mets. And he said, absolutely not. And when they said, why? He said, because, it's, because when you're a fan of the Mets or you're a fan of a baseball team, it's fun. But when you own the team, it's not going to be fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, you know, you said, like, it's something that you have a passion for, but it's not for you. Um, and there's a number of things that I think, you know, so that's why I think it's important to, you know, have some sort of a backup um, when you pursue something that's outside the box, whether it be, you know, getting some sort of a degree or, you know, kind of saying like, okay, like, for example, what I do a lot of times with students is I don't ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I think that's a flawed question. I think yeah. the problem with that question is you're asking them to choose something when they really don't understand what their options are. So instead, I ask students, what type of person do you want to become? So for you, for example, if you told me you wanted to become the type of person who performs or, or really if you want to become the type of person who entertains people in some way, then, then you can kind of build on that, right? You can say, well, there is acting, but there's also teaching acting. There's also getting into, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and, you know, maybe going to a broadcast school or a journalism school, and you might not end up in front of the camera, but you'll end up with a career where you're entertaining people on some level. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's the type of advice that I try to give. You know, it's not so much what's the one career you want, it's what type of person do you want to become? And then what type of careers fall into that person? And then once you figure out your list of careers, then we start to research what it's actually like so you can avoid a situation where you think you, you, think you like something, you get into it, and then you don't. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the big things for me too, is was like my high school counselors. I really wish that I had some better high school counselors, man, just because while I was like my student advisors, while I was in high school, whenever it was time to gear my classes towards beneficial uh, college credits, a lot of them, they pulled out this piece of paper and they said, Hey, these are the careers that the schools around us offer. Uh, What do you want? What do you want to do? And I had to choose from about a list of 20. And I was like, none of these sound good to me. You know what I mean? Like I like back then I was really into psychology and human behavior. And I told them that and they were like, well, you know, psychology, everybody gets a psychology degree. You want to be unique and you want to get something that's going to be um, more beneficial towards you. It's like, there's not a lot of jobs in psychology. 
It's like, well, okay. And that like really discouraged me. So I gave up on it. When, when I finally ended up going back to college for the semester that I did, I ended up going into for business because I had my mind, I had a clothing line and I had my mindset that I was going to run a business. Now, later on down in life, I did end up opening a graphic shop. Um, I partnered with a guy in the town that I was living in and, you know, that went decent for a while. It's just, I had some creative differences with my partner and um, they ended up closing the shop down. But if I had known, like, you know, I could have still gotten like an associates of arts and then my bachelor's in psychology, like now that would have benefited me a lot, especially where I moved to, because there's a ton of open jobs in that field. You know what I'm saying? And like, as I'm older, I look back and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have stuck out to college. I would have, I would have made it. You know what I mean? I would have at least had a bachelor's degree under my belt. If I wanted to work towards my master's and start doing therapy um, or neuropsychology, because that's one of the big things that I, I'm into is just the neuropsychology, uh, the neurology behind it. And there's that. And then there's bio or uh, mechanical engineering, just because I'm a nerd when it comes to electronics and I've been really contemplating getting like a medical assistant degree lately. Now, these things right now are things that I never thought that I would be thinking of going back to school and getting, you know what I mean? Just because I had my mindset on plan A. I, I, it's rare that I ever have a plan B because my plan A always works out. And then the past four years of my life, I look back and I'm just like, man, it might've been nice to have a plan B. You know what I mean? Yes, I did work hard and yes, I worked like I didn't have any other option, but it doesn't change the facts that the course that my life went down is what it went down. You know what I mean? Those things were uncontrollable to me. Whenever the flood happened in Houston, I lost a big client whenever I was doing a marketing agency. I, you know, it was like a close to $5,000 a month. This lady was going to pay me to start her franchise and help her market everything. Now, Right after we had signed all the paperwork, the flood came in, Hurricane Harvey, and it wiped us out. The governor told everybody to leave. I was on the verge of getting evicted because my friend's uh, family was selling the property we were living on. And like I said, those things are were uncontrollable to me. You know what I'm saying? So looking back now where I'm in a position where I'm living with my girlfriend, she's finishing her bachelor's degree to be a history teacher. She's wrapping up her prereqs for the teacher's program. And now I'm just sitting here like, well, now I have to work two jobs because I didn't stick to something. You know what I mean? And now it's going to take me even longer to get something started as well as, you know, financial. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are in very similar boats that you are. You know, they they went down a road and they made a decision and they didn't really realize what, you know, didn't really realize how, how that decision was going to impact them, you know, so many years later. And I think part of the problem is that, you know, you have, you have school, you have, you know, school counselors who are completely inundated and they're completely overwhelmed and, and they're understaffed and they do their best to try to help students. Um, you know, I mean, I know you didn't have a great experience, but, you know, I mean, there are times where I talk to counselors and, and they're, they mean well and they, they try their best, but you know, it's, it's a whole nother issue that schools are understaffed and, they try to, you know, they have hundreds of students and they try to put a process in place that they can scale. But, you know, when it comes to your future, when it comes to your plan and your path, that's not something you can scale. Um, and that's why I do what I do, because I'm trying to start some sort of a movement 
where we understand that students need to, you know, get a better grasp of things from a younger age. They need to take control of their future from a younger age and take control of their career. And I mean, maybe you need someone like myself who, you know, can kind of talk to them about this is what it's like in the corporate world. This is what I've seen. I mean, I've, I've talked to so many graduates and they used to be where you are and this is what they did. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the struggle that I have every day when trying to talk to these schools who are so un- understaffed and they're teaching to the test and, you know, they're doing all these things on a shoestring budget. And then, you know, you, you try to get in there and you try to say, hey, like, let's work together on this, but it's tough. So, you know, unfortunately, I wish I could say that I don't hear a lot of stories like yours, but I hear them all the time. And the only thing I can really say is that, you know, unfortunately, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things you can't control, but, you know, it's, it's really about kind of, you know, now focusing on the future and focusing, you know, yeah. where do you want to end up? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's very, very crazy being like and having entrepreneur uh, type tendencies because I have this podcast, right? And I have this little voice in the back of my head that says, oh, well, you know, this will pay off one day. This will pay off one day. And it's hard to invest everything you have into something and still being on the back of the wheel like, hey, hold on. You know what I mean? Think life is happening now. Something needs to happen now. You can't be a server for the rest of your life until this podcast blows up. You know what I mean? You're not going to make the money that you need to support your girlfriend and your family. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to make the money to do the things that you thought of whenever you were a kid, such as like my thing is, is whenever I get older, I want to make enough money to be able to get my family be able to pay them for any debt they've they've owed me which of course you know with family it's not supposed to be looked at as debt but I, my family has done a lot of favors for me and on the verse side I want to be able to take my family on yearly vacations to where they don't have to worry about budgets you know what I mean because I've already been in the situations where we've all had a scrounge together and be like oh we want to take a vacation this year who's able to go you know what I mean and I don't want to have anybody to do that if that means paying everybody off you know, hey, how much how much work are you going to miss out on if you take off two weeks? Okay, here's that money. You know what I'm saying? And th- that's the kind of life that I want to build to be able to give back to people. And I'm realizing, like I said, as I get older, there's a lot that goes into that play. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that I didn't realize when I was younger that maybe one basket isn't big enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally understand everything you're saying. So it's really cool that you're able to do this, though, especially with, you know, minds that are still able to be convinced. Because I feel like as, you know, for myself, I'm about to be 23. And even when I was younger, it was pretty hard to convince me of something. But I could have, with the right personality and the right kind of conversation, I could have easily been, had a shift of consciousness that said, hey, hold on, maybe we should you know, take some hindsight, you know what I mean? Take a look back or maybe even take a look forward and think about what's the worst case scenarios, because that's something I used to never do as a kid. I never looked at worst case scenarios. I always looked at best possible scenarios because to me in my life, that was all that work was. It was all best case scenarios. And I think if somebody was there that said, Hey, you know, sometimes life gives you really short sticks 
And the things that you have planned, the things that you want to do may not be meant for you. And it's a hard pill to swallow to have to go through that trouble of realizing like, hey, man, this didn't work out. But maybe there's a reason it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, it is you're right, because I think when you're younger, you kind of have this idealistic view on the world and how things will turn out. um, And you kind of think that okay, you know, I graduate, I get a job, I get a house, I get married, um, and everything's fine. You know, it's kind of like the roadmap doesn't show the terrain, right? So like the map, you know, I could show you a map that shows you how to get to point A to point B, but it doesn't show you, you know, it might not show you the woods, or it might not show you the potholes, or it might not show you the bridges, um, and show you kind of what is actually between point A and point B. Um, cause I can say, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, launch a company and I'm going to go full time with it in two years, but you don't know all the little things that pop up. Like, for example, like as we're recording this, we're going through the coronavirus ep- uh, pandemic, you know? So for me, I lost a couple speaking engagements next month. That's not yeah. possibly planned for. It's just something that happens and you kind of have to adjust accordingly. So I think that. You know, that's one of the things that, again, it's kind of that, that, that hard truth, that tough love that I think is important is understanding that, you know, you have a goal, you have somewhere you want to end up, but you may need to do some things that you don't necessarily want to do in order to get there. Yeah. So I think that you're absolutely right because things are going to pop up and, and sometimes life is not going to turn out the way, you know, you thought it would and you have to kind of adjust. And you're absolutely right. With this whole coronavirus thing, I mean, do you do a lot of social media? Um, I usually do. I've kind of cut back on it the last couple of weeks because it just doesn't seem too appropriate at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I have a lot of content about visiting colleges and nobody's visiting colleges. Um, you know, I have a lot of content about internships and nobody's really doing internships. Um, so I've kind of kind of slowed it down for the last few weeks. Um, just because, you know, I think this is a time where, you know, social media should be used kind of for updates and supporting each other. So I really haven't done too much. I myself am just kind of starting to adjust and seeing what, you know, what, what is the post coronavirus (laughs) going to look like? Yeah. One thing I was going to ask was with your speaking engagements, is it through schools? Yeah, so I had a few um, few lined up. They're normally through schools, um, in colleges, and high schools. Uh, one was going to be a conference in Philadelphia for parents, uh, but again, you know, it looks like all that's going to be put on hold for now. I was going to say, man, this is just me because I've done marketing for so long, and these are the things that kind of pop up in my head whenever you get faced with adversity. Um, would you? Would it be beneficial to you to make like a video at home, a keynote, whether it be a 30 minute video, an hour long video, a 15 minute video of what your speech is basically going to be over and then um, send it in to the schools or through like the email boards for the parents? Um, maybe negotiate something like, hey, anybody that was planning on attending this uh, this sermon we have him right here. Here's a keynote that he did, or maybe even like a live broadcast to where you could hook it up and then um, have people like ask questions at the end of your keynote. Would that be something that'd be beneficial to you just so you can still keep your work going? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at a few different things to try to take advantage of digitally. Um, I think, you know, it's a bit of a holding pattern because a lot of these are probably going to be rescheduled, right? So mm-hmm. if it's rescheduled for next year, then maybe it's a 15 minute video um, kind of saying, hey, you know, here's what we're going to talk about. See you in a couple months. Um, if it's rescheduled for a month, maybe it's a five minute video. If it's canceled, then maybe it's a 60 minute video. Um, so I think we kind of have to see where we're at. We're in the very beginning of it, but it is a great idea. You know, it's it's a great idea to kind of set something up and, and continue to talk and get out there. Um, you know, we're just trying to see, you know, how this thing unfolds and how, what's the best way to tackle it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to throw my two cents in there just because, like I said, every time something like this situation happens, I, a little voice in the back of my head goes, hey, we live in a digital world nothing necessarily has to be, you know what I mean? Cause I've seen certain musicians do uh concerts on like Instagram live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is, it's weird. It's silly because it's just them inside their studio performing. And then they do silly things just to keep viewers coming. But I think the last one that I saw, like I didn't watch the full thing. I saw a little snippet of it cause the, a musician did something stupid inside it and so like they were like oh look what he did just being silly and i think he had over three hundred thousand viewers which is like it's that's a lot for you know what i mean yeah that please as well yeah but anyways are utilizing that um, so tell me about the case studies that you worked with, uh, that kind of got you your information that you're able to put out, um, whenever you're working with your clients. Sure. So I really started, you know, about three years ago when I started to think that this might be an issue, um, and really started, you know, like I said, I was working in different corporate jobs and I was always running into these type of people who would say things like, I can't wait till Friday. Um, you know, I can't believe the weekend went by so fast. Is it Friday yet? I want to go home. And I always found that to be odd because you spend a lot of time at work. Um, and you spend a lot of time and energy and resources on your job. And if you're constantly wishing the week away, you're really wishing your life away. And I didn't get it because, you know, we grow up and we know this day is going to come. You're going to have to get a job someday. You're going to have to get a career someday. So if you know something's coming, how are you so unprepared for it? And the reason yeah. is because they didn't really understand, right? So I started to ask questions of these college graduates. I said, what about, what didn't you learn in school? What about the real world were you not prepared for? Um, if you could go back in time and do one thing differently about the college application process, what would it be? If you could do one thing differently about going to you know, high school or college, what would it be? And they were very open-ended questions. And I really didn't know what I was going to get. I didn't know if people were going to want to take it. I didn't know if people were really going to you know, give one-word answers. But what I found was, a lot of people were, you know, giving these in-depth answers and it really kind of always went back to not preparing for what was next. So, you know, a lot of people would talk about, you know, I didn't re- I wish I had researched more colleges. I wish I understood my student loans. I wish I, you know, had, you know, I wish I had, you know, done more research about, you know, the college that I was going to or the major that I was doing, or I wish I had asked more questions. I wish I'd focused more on my grades. Um, and, you know, it was really coming to the realization that a lot of these people were saying things like, I'll figure it out later, I'll figure it out later. And a lot of people just kind of, you know, goofed off in high school and didn't, you know, partied a lot in college. And then, you know, they graduated and they had student loans that they didn't know were coming. And they had mm-hmm. to take responsibilities that they didn't understand. You know, and there's a whole 
section of graduates who talk about how they spent 22 years letting their parents do everything for them. And then what happens is like some of them missed, missed student loan payments. I mean, I had somebody tell me that they were under the impression that their dad was paying their student loan. The dad was under the impression the kid was paying the student loan and the student loan went unpaid for six months and it ruined his credit. Oh, geez. You know? Yeah. I mean, and it's like these things are avoidable, but you have to start to take notice. You know, I wrote this, you know, um, in my book, I don't know if I mentioned at the top of the show, but in addition to the coaching and the speaking, I'm also a published author and I wrote a book, same name as the company to the next step, uh, available on Amazon. And, um, you know, I wrote in the book, you know, in addition to all the academic goals that you should be, you know, going after, you should be making a list of all the things that your parents do and each semester or each couple of weeks, you know, take something off that list and cross it off. Um, because, you're going to have to know these things. You're going to have to understand how to do these things. I mean, there's so many people I went to college with who had no idea how to do, you know, certain basic things. And a lot of them, a lot of people failed out or, or had to come home after a semester because it was too overwhelming. You know, so many kids, they, they, they get overwhelmed by going away to school because they didn't know that they'd have to take a bus between classes. They didn't know that, you know, they, they didn't know how, how long to, how long to kind of, you know, put in between classes. They didn't know how to study on their own. I mean, a lot of them are so used to only studying when their parents bothered them that a lot of them just didn't study, right? So I think a lot of it from that perspective was not understanding how all of these little decisions or lack of decisions throughout high school, throughout college, how they can have a really severe impact on you moving forward, um, which is, you know, which is scary. So mm-hmm. that's kind of one half of it. And then the other half that I did more recently Um, I teamed up with a university in the state of New York, and we basically worked on a research study where we wanted to understand what skills were graduates lacking. So what skills did grads say, hey, I didn't know this when I entered the workforce, but more importantly, what are employers saying? What are employers seeing? Because if we can get an idea of what exactly they're not prepared for, we can kind of work that into saying, hey, here's the data. You know, you're working so hard in these classes to study for a degree why don't you make sure you learn the skills that needed for the job? So, you know, we interviewed over 400 employers and one of the biggest things that came out of it was the severe lack of communication that college graduates have. Um, a lot of them don't know how to talk to their coworkers. They don't know how to communicate with each other. They don't know how to take constructive criticism. And a lot of that comes back to, you know, smartphones and social media, because what we've done is we've created a culture where you're just basically on your phone all the time. And if you don't like someone, you don't have to talk to them. And if you have to talk to them, you text them, you get what you need and you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've created a culture where you can curate your social media feeds. So you only see things posted by people you like. You can watch a news channel that's only going to tell you what you want to hear. Um, and the real world is not like that. And it's never going to be like that. It's always going to be a melting pot of different people. And if you don't know how to take criticism, if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't know how to present, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be SOL. And I think people don't, don't understand that. And I think it's scary because a lot of times I'll go out in public and I'll be either, you know, at a restaurant and and people will be waiting for a table or, you know, whatever. And a lot of people, everybody's down on their phones. Nobody's talking to each other. Nobody's having a conversation. um, And nobody's really learning how to actually speak to each other. And I think it's a problem. I mean, I myself, I mean, I'm a very outgoing person, but even recently, I found myself struggling with eye contact because I've almost kind of fallen guilty to this idea of, you know, not having 
face-to-face conversations anymore. Um, yeah. You know, so a lot of it, like I said, a lot of employers are saying that they lack, you know, they lack skills. They lack, um, you know, they lack communication, but they also lack doing, you know, problem solving. And a lot of that is because, you know, a lot of these, some employers even tell me that their graduates that they hire, sometimes their parents call them because there's something wrong at work, which blew my mind that a 22 year old would have their parent call, you know, their boss, but it's, yeah. And it's happening because they don't know what else to do. And part of it, I think is on the parents. I mean, when I started this, I didn't really think about the parents. I kind of put all the responsibility on the students, but I think part of it's the parents because at some point, like you have to let go and you have to understand that like, you're not helping your kid. Um, you know, I did a video over the summer, um, you know, on snowplow parenting, which, you know, I didn't really understand what that was until someone explained it to me. And then I realized that what these parents do is they remove every single obstacle from their child's path. So the child thinks they accomplished something, but they didn't really, because it goes back to what you said earlier, right? Like, you know, you may want to end up somewhere, but you don't know what's going to come into your path. And I think that's what happens with these students. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was very, very eye-opening, and it's something that we're, we're kind of putting that all that research data together, and I'm going to be sharing that um, pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. It's interesting. And, you know, one thing I wanted to add as well is um, on top of, like, basically the social inadequacy of people today, it's not just young people, man. It's not. Like, I have – I work in a restaurant. One of my jobs is um, serving and you won't believe how many people over 45 will sit at the table and not talk and be on their phone. It is, it's amazing. Like it really blows my mind whenever I see elderly couples sitting at out, like whenever I go out, I purposely try my best not to be on my phone. Me and my girlfriend will put our phones to the side of the table and that's it. That time's for us. You know what I mean? Especially because I work two jobs and it's really hard to find time for us to, you know, actually spend together. I try my best not to be on my phone, even if that's my only free hour, three hours or so. You know what I mean? I don't I try my best not to be on my phone when I'm around her. Um, you know, we live together, but it's it's still far and in between whenever I'm working so much. If I'm not working, I'm sleeping or if I'm not sleeping, I'm at the gym. And she's cooking and cleaning, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's very rare, or she's even doing homework, you know what I'm saying? So it's very rare to find time for us that we can actually sit down and enjoy each other's company. But it blows my mind how many people actually sit on their phone, like not even of age group, you know what I mean? Of course, young kids, I understand there's young um, guys and girls that will come and be like, oh, look at this video I saw, look at, you know what I mean? But you could send that to people. You know what I'm saying? You could send that, especially if you guys live together. Like, there's no point to be on your phone while you guys are at dinner or while you guys are at lunch. Um, it's pretty amazing. And then the second thing is I think a lot uh, when social media has positively and negatively affected the way that we operate. I think a lot of the times especially in young kids, right? We are living in this age of influencers where everybody is coming up and they're an Amazon influencer. They're an influencer for this. They're an influencer for that. And they're making all this money or they're showing on their social media that they're doing well, which they could very well not be. 
You know what I mean? But then you see all these young kids driving expensive cars or having big houses, buying their parents' cars, things like that. And I think it throws a huge block in everybody's learning process because everybody is stuck on the dice. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, well, if I just do this right, then I'll become an influencer or my Instagram will blow up if I just make this video. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, social media is incredibly... Um, misleading. I did, I did a blog post on this um, a couple of years ago now. I keep meaning to kind of update it, but I did a blog post called Instagram is a Dirty Liar. And I really talk about how social media can be incredibly deceiving because you think somebody's living a certain type of life and they're really not. I've seen people I know um, post pictures of their significant others and I know that that's not their life. I know that they're not happy together. Um, mm. There was somebody I saw recently, they posted a picture with their um, spouse and uh, you know, then all of a sudden I saw something a couple of months later about how that individual bought a house and you know, you put the pieces together and, and, and that person's not with their spouse anymore. They got divorced and it was a couple months yeah. ago. I put up a picture, you know, and, and, and um, you know, that individual put up a picture and now they are, now they're not, they're not together anymore. Um, and I think, you know, it's very interesting that that's kind of how, you know, we think everything's great until it isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think, I, yeah, I mean, so I think it's definitely, you know, and a lot of times you, you see somebody and you're like, oh, this person lives a great life. They're always on vacation or, you know, they're always doing these things. I mean, I know somebody who I used to work with and I see this, I see this person's Instagram photos and I was like, you don't look like that. Like, I know you. Yeah. Like, I knew you. I knew you. I knew what you looked like. You don't look like that. I was like, you're really going out of your way to look, to make people think you look different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest thing is like, don't, you know, and sometimes I have to tell clients that like, don't focus on what everybody else has. Like, don't try to be like anybody else. Um, you know, especially if like there's somebody that you're aspiring to be, even if it's somebody noble, right? Like, even if it's a successful entrepreneur, like you have to understand like you're in a, they're in a different spot. So don't try to do what they do because they have more time and more money and more budget and more experience. It's really about what can you do today to get to that point. It's very interesting, man. Well, I want to give you these last couple minutes to wrap things up. Go ahead and like give any type of advice, maybe any graduates, any students that are listening at the moment to you know things that they may be able to do to get themselves ahead in the direction that they're heading as well as um, you can plug your social media, your websites, as well as your book. Sure. So I would say the best thing to do if you're interested in learning more about me is to head over to either my website, which is to the next step.org. So that's T O the next step.org. Um, or you can just follow me on Instagram at Kyle G speaks. That's at Kyle G speaks. And, hit me up with a direct message. Um, anybody who listens to this, I'm giving out a free coaching call. Um, so it's a one hour call for us to get together and I'll coach you through some stuff. And then, um, you know, if we hit it off, we'll talk about, you know, um, my coaching packages and what you would want to select. But, you know, I would definitely say, you know, at least take me up on the free call because I think it's, it's going to have value no matter what. But, you know, for the students out there, I would say, listen, the future is not as bleak as people make it out to be. But it's really up to you to determine how good or not good it's going to be. Um, it's really up to you as a student, you know, what are you working towards specifically? You know, what type of person do you want to become? What type of impact do you want to make on the world? Because you can do it. 
you can make an impact. You can make a positive impact. You can have a job and a career that brings you joy and satisfaction on most days, but you need to really figure that out. You need to do your research. You need to, you know, do all of these things. And this is stuff I cover in my coaching. Um, and, you know, and for any graduates out there that are like me, you know, graduated and a few years later realized that they were in the wrong field, um, it really is never too late. Um, I think the most important thing to realize is that you can keep your day job and if you're willing to make a little sacrifice in the evenings and maybe on Saturdays, you know, you could find, you know, five to 10 hours a week where you could work on that side hustle. And maybe it's something as small as doing writing or creating a course or, you know, who knows. Um, but it's really never too late to start. At least if you're doing a side hustle, you're doing something you enjoy and you never know where it's going to lead. I mean, I'm in a situation now where I wanted to be a motivational speaker and fast forward three years later and I'm involved in a number of businesses. Uh, and that's just because one door led to another, led to another. Um, and you'd be surprised when you put yourself out there and you decide that you want more out of life, you will run into people who also want more out of life. And some of those people are further along than you. And rather than getting jealous of them, you, you know, leverage that friendship. You leverage the fact that they're further along and then they help you get further along. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that get trapped in this lifestyle of, you know, going to work, coming home, watching a couple sitcoms and going to bed. And listen, if you have if you have a fulfilling day every day and that's something you want out of your life, that's great. I mean, I'm not I'm not putting that down at all. But if you find yourself miserable Monday through Friday afternoon um, and the only times you feel like yourself are Friday night to Sunday night, that's a problem. Um, you know, you should be able to find some sort of joy in every day. And you really, you know, don't settle for, you know, mediocre. Um, you know, I always say, don't, don't be afraid to give the good to go for the great. So, like I said, if you are a student or even a graduate, I've coached graduates before, um, you know, please feel free to, to go on my website to the next step.org or, you know, the easiest way is to just message me on Instagram at Kyle G speaks. We could set up a call. Um, my website also has my book for sale as well. If you order from my website, um, I am available on Amazon, but if you order from my website, it's free shipping, uh, and I autograph it as well. So that's kind of, I, I don't, I can't autograph it if you sell it, buy it from Amazon because I don't have control over that. Um, but if you buy it from me, it gets shipped from me and all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing your insight, man. I wish you the best with all your endeavors and hopefully we can get a couple of, uh, our listeners to go over and talk to you and, you know, get some of that value that you're offering. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great talk. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Put your head on my shoulder.